your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max, a deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Good afternoon. Welcome to this special episode of What's on Tap, a show that spotlights culture and creativity. And today we celebrate the life of a man that launched his impressive entertainment and broadcasting career right here in Milwaukee. Bobby Rivers. He passed away on December 26th. We'll review and honor the good person and talented communicator that Rivers was with stories and remembrances. First, let's hear a couple of examples of his personality and how he was able to connect in a comfortable way with people he interviewed. I am Bobby Rivers and this is Harold Ravis. He's in the movie Baby Boom with Diane Keaton. Harold, Halloween's coming up soon. If, if Diane Keaton... If Diane Keaton called you up and said, listen, I'm having a costume party, and you have to come to my party dressed as a cartoon character who's closest to your true personality, what character would you go as? Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite cartoon characters. Pacino and Bullwinkle. I yeah. love that cartoon. Okay, there's the book Postcards for the Edge by Debbie Reynolds' daughter, Carrie Fisher. And inside, she signed it. For Bobby, my future ex-husband. <laughs> Thanks. Now, how, how, how would you feel about having me as a son-in-law? Well, I would like you. I, I think it's a, Carrie needs a very funny fellow in her life, actually. You, you could know? do the musical version of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Well, if you have a sense of humor, then you can get along with Carrie. Those are two examples of entertainment reporter, engaging interviewer, and encyclopedically knowledgeable about the arts, Bobby Rivers. Those were highlights of his conversations with actors Debbie Reynolds and Harold Ramis from his VH1 Celebrity Hour that Rivers hosted for a few years in the late 1980s. I'm Sandy Max. This hour on What's on Tap, you'll hear stories from longtime friends who knew Bobby Rivers all the way back when he first started his influential career in broadcasting in Milwaukee. In hearing how bright Bobby Rivers was in every way, I felt more and more how important it is to pay tribute not just to his professional accomplishments, but to his genuine caring as a person. Bobby Rivers passed away due to illness December 26th of 2023 at the age of 70 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where his sister lives. Coming up, you'll hear anecdotes and remembrances shared by local actor and musical artist Joel Kapischke, Shank Hall owner Peter Jest, Violent Femmes original drummer Victor DiLorenzo, Bobby Rivers' most recent podcast collaborator, Frank Dotzer, and a memory from WTMJ traffic anchor and reporter, Debbie Lazaga. We start with how we paid tribute on Thursday evening with a summary of Rivers' career for perspective and memories from Tony Award winner and Milwaukee native, Anthony Cravello. There's no business like show. That is the song, There's No Business Like Show Business, sung by Betty Hutton. He was a sentimental favorite of Bobby Rivers, entertainment reporter who got his career started right here in Milwaukee. He was a kind man and a true trailblazer who passed away yesterday after battling illness. He was just 70 years old, and he's being remembered by many as a very positive force. He started in the 70s here at 93 QFM in Milwaukee. He was a morning show man there and an entertainment reporter, wound up working at WISN 12 uh, as an entertainment reporter in a show called PM Magazine, and he just had this very warm presence and a genuine presence. And People Magazine wrote a tribute to him today, and uh, he has such a thorough knowledge of film in particular, 
which he was passionate about. And he started a podcast about six years ago uh, called Mocha Man, was the name he gave his podcast. Uh, a man of a certain hue and age, nodding to his skin color and that he was over 50 and carrying an ARP card. Uh, but a very modest man. And if you want to see just some of the passion and depth of his knowledge. He had an online blog that he had going back to 2011, and it's just a legacy of his rich writing about movies and all sorts of knowledge. But he interviewed his very first interview. I was listening to a podcast, uh, catching up on, on some of the lore of Bobby Rivers that I didn't know yet. But his very first interview, when he was at 93 QFM, which was known as a rock station, was to interview... The epic actress Betty Davis when she was in town and he was nervous because she's iconic and she was suffering no fools. But uh, that made for a good story. So everybody from Betty Davis, Paul McCartney, Lucille Ball, Tom Hanks, I mean, you name it. He pretty much had interviewed them and they all pretty much enjoyed him because he's a naturally warm person. He was a VJ on VH1 in the late 80s. That's how I wound up getting to know who he was. And he was always just considered a very wonderful interviewer because he was curious and he would come up with those questions that no one else did. So uh, he moved from Milwaukee. He lived in New York, worked there. He lived in L.A. Uh, and he was on the Food Network as a host. I mean, he's just one of those people. The more you you look into him, like, oh, gosh, he was kind of everywhere. He even did morning radio with Whoopi Goldberg for a couple of years in the 2000s. Uh, he grew up in South Central L.A., but what brought him to Milwaukee was Marquette University. He went to school here, wound up working on Turner Classic Movies as well. So just a really robust career and a very active person socially, interpersonally, and also online. And when I realized how many people he knew in my circle and just what a good, kind person he was, And in the wake of yesterday, we found out Herb Cole passed away yesterday afternoon, who's a wonderful philanthropist and made such a difference in Milwaukee. Uh, Tommy Smothers, who was a legendary comedian, passed away yesterday afternoon. All these people kind of got were in the news. And I just didn't want Bobby Rivers to get overlooked. So I reached out to some friends of mine who I knew were at least acquainted with him. And I, I learned a lot. First of all, from a friend of mine named Anthony Cravello, a Tony Award winner. You might have heard him on the uh, Christmas special that I did. But he grew up in Milwaukee, and he's uh, performed in the one-man show McGuire. You might have heard about that. And Anthony went to Marquette University, and he shares here how he got to know Bobby Rivers. I got to know Bobby in the mid-1970s when I attended Marquette University. Bobby was on campus, and we became friends because he would occasionally be involved in the theater department and doing shows and um, plays and where we shared a stage. And then just from being around in the the department there and and classes, et cetera, I was part of a a duet with my good friend Edwards Vicky. He and I would sing in the coffee houses and Bobby was our opening act and was our MC and would introduce us in the coffee house scene on Marquette's campus in the seventies. Fun. And obviously then as our fortunes went forward and careers went forward, I would run into Bobby in New York city. And when he was working there, you know, with PIX and I was working on, on Broadway and, We'd get together and grab a bite in a diner and chat. And he would always 
um, at one point, I I, um, I forget if I put it on, I think I put it on my resume that I had instead of Anthony Crivello, I wrote my name out fully in Italian. I wrote uh, Antonio Vincenzo Musumelli Crivello. And he said, Musumelli, what's Musumelli? And I said, that's my mother's maiden name. And every time he saw me, he would prefer to be as Musumelli. Oh, Musumelli. <laughs> um, he was such a lovely, caring, gracious, open arms uh, guy. He was just a wonderful guy. You know, another thing that we shared was I was just on the fringe of the Market University's campus radio station. And Bobby was like one of the primo DJs and, you know, interviewers at Marquette University, too. So we would cross paths there, too. And they, I think it was got in the basement of, it may have been in the basement of McCormick Hall, if I'm remembering correctly. I know it was one of the dorms. You know, that was the beginnings of it. And then, you know, obviously careers go on and move forward. And he went on to such prominence with VH1 and the Food Network and all of his interviews and NBC and PIX. I mean, all these different things, that, the places that he had worked. He had moved at one point to San Francisco. And I was always saying to him, Bobby, you know, and he was, there again, you know, like all of us, you know, in, in, in any kind of creative arts field, we have our highs and lows, and he was going through a bit of a low. And I said to him, Bobby, move back to Milwaukee, man. You're so beloved there. You have so many contacts and friends. And Milwaukee would, you know, and the state of Wisconsin would embrace you. I mean, but let's face it. He really became a, an international personality, and he was just, such an encyclopedia when it came to movies and film and performances and things like that, which was that was nurtured by his mother, his parents. It started, you know, as his kid growing up in East L.A. and um, and then just sort of progressed from there into what he became and turned into his career. Tony Award winner Anthony Cravello. I'm Sandy Max. Stay with me for more stories as we remember Bobby Rivers on What's on Tap on WTMJ. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. Sally Field years ago was a national joke in the entertainment industry. She reinvented herself and went on to, to make Oscar history, winning two Academy Awards for Best Actress. The first one was for Norma Ray. She played a factory worker fighting for her rights and fighting for the rights of co-workers. This is an extraordinary performance. And the story of Sally Field fighting for respectability in the Hollywood factory, coupled with this amazing performance, have become Hollywood legend. It was not easy for her to go from Gidget and the Flying Nun to Norma Ray and later on Places in the Heart, but she did it. Just the tip of the iceberg of Bobby Rivers' knowledge and perspective on movies and the people who made them. I'm Sandy Max on this episode of What's on Tap, paying tribute to Bobby Rivers, who passed away on December 26th. He started his career here in Milwaukee on the radio at 93QFM, then on TV at WISN 12 after he graduated from Marquette University. And Marquette is where he met Anthony Cravello, a Milwaukee native who went on to win a Tony Award and continues to act on stage on TV and in films. I asked Anthony how he thinks Bobby Rivers should be remembered. Jeez, it's a laundry list. Bobby was a superstar in his own right. 
he was such a gracious human being. That's why he was such a wonderful interviewer, too. Not only because of his encyclopedia knowledge of, of film and, and entertainment industry, but because he had that ability with his smile and charm to disarm, you know, the biggest stars of stars across all of media. That's what made him a superstar. All of the people, my God, you know, the, the people that he interviewed, the, from the, you know, Paul McCartney's and Meryl Streep's and Liza Minnelli and Jodie Foster, Michael Caine, Mel Gibson, you could go on and on and on. I mean, there was something about Bobby that was still, you know, hometown. And he remained that way. He had a great sense of humility and a great self-deprecating sense of humor. That's all part of the qualities that made him so endearing. You know, I know Whoopi Goldberg posted a, a tribute to him on, on X, Twitter, saying, long live Bobby Rivers. And it's the truth. You know, selfishly, I say it selfishly. I, I wish he had gone back to Milwaukee. I would have loved to hear him on the airways again. It wasn't just Bobby's voice and words that Anthony looks back on. You just always remember that radiant smile, that radiant smile. And what a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And what, what a trailblazer, too. First black film critic who was actually considered to replace Siskel and Ebert when they went off the air. You know, besides that, the fact that he was, he was gay, that didn't matter. It didn't matter, you, you know, to anybody. It was his talent that shined through, first and foremost. It wasn't that he was slotted because he was any particular color or because of his sexual orientation. It wasn't that. It was just his bloody talent. Even when you were watching him on air, you had that thing that you would say, oh, that guy's my friend. It's amazing. So many people, because I, I posted a couple things and just, you know, saying, you know, that he had passed and that I miss him and he was a good friend. And But people will write comments that they felt, oh, you know, Bobby was a portion of my life growing up. PIX or MTV or VH1 and all of the things that he did with the interviews. Bobby Rivers was always lurking around the corner. I mean, he was always in the neighborhood, you know. And again, you'd see him and you'd get that infectious smile. It just, you felt like you were embraced by Bobby because of it. And I mean, I, I felt that way. Local actor and musical artist Joel Kapischke was also a longtime friend of Bobby Rivers. I don't even remember when the first time I met him. Um, I remember I... You knew who he was. He was what some of us used to refer to as Fim, a famous in Milwaukee <laughs> back in the old days. And I remember seeing him, I think, in a Shorewood Players show. So it's like we knew him from his TV stuff and things like that. And this was probably early 80s. And he was just in, he was in a show. And I didn't really meet him back then. Um, I met him a number of years later, I think. I think he was hosting an event where Anthony Cervello, um, another Marquette grad who went on to great things, was in town doing a fundraiser or something. And, and I was there and met Bobby there. And we just we just really hit it off and we stayed in touch. And over the years since, depending on where he was living and my travels, we met up and had coffee or lunch in New York and in Sacramento and in the Twin Cities stayed in touch, um, you know, mostly through texting and things like that. It does seem like if you became acquainted with Bobby Rivers, that you tended to be a lifelong acquaintance or friend. And you're not, yours isn't the only story of, hey, wherever I was, and if he was there, and he was always game to have a cup of coffee or a lunch or a meal, and that those times were just like you hadn't missed a beat. Absolutely. 
we'd message each other or something. We'd see something funny online and we'd send it to each other, things like that, things that I thought he would get a kick out of. He was just such a lovely, kind-hearted person and so smart and clever. It was always just a delight to hang out with him. We would laugh. Oh, my God, we would just laugh about that, whatever. Talk about whatever was going on in each of our lives and what's going on in the world. You know, he would just always have, like you said, such light, such brightness to bring to any of our interactions. You know, how smart he was and how clever he was and how charming and kind. You know, I think that's what made him as successful as he was in his career as well, which personally I think deserved to to be far more successful. I think he could have done so much more if given given the opportunity because he was he was such a great interviewer that comes through on a personal level with conversations as well he's a great listener and would ask really interesting questions and so he was such a great interviewer and back on his vh1 show and all those those other old clips you see of him interviewing these movie stars and he always got such great interviews because he was so smart he had done his homework he was fun to interact with and he would ask interesting questions. He wasn't asking the same questions everyone else was asking. He just lit up the screen and could really go toe-to-toe with these movie stars in a way that they just loved. I mean, Robin Williams fell in love with him, bantering back and forth with him. And, uh, boy, if you can if you can um, banter with Robin Williams, uh, boy, you, you're doing it with the best. Local performer Joel Kapischke shares more thoughts on Bobby Rivers' modesty and his particular insights on a holiday movie classic. I'm Sandy Max. Stay with me as we remember Bobby Rivers on WTMJ. What's on tap with Sandy Max is back on WTMJ. We're up to number three in our Fab Food Architecture Countdown. Your average American eats about 18 pounds of onions each year. A fun fact from TV host Bobby Rivers on the Food Network, one of his many broadcasting jobs over the decades. I'm Sandy Max, paying tribute to Bobby Rivers, who passed away December 26th. We're hearing stories from his friends, like local performer Joel Kapischke. I asked him what he thinks Rivers should be remembered for. Probably for the things that he didn't tout that he didn't blow his horn about, partially because it was the time. But he was such a pioneer as a black gay man making it in media in the late 70s and in the 80s in Milwaukee was really trailblazing in unbelievable ways. The representation that he provided in a subtle way yeah, because that that was the only route that was afforded to him at that time. He would drop little clues in for folks who who understood the gay community, who who were in the gay community. They would get his references, and they would be they'd be aware. It's like, oh, hey, one of us is here and present and seen and blazing a trail for the rest of us. It's hard to imagine what the positive impact has been. To have someone like Bobby be the first in so many ways. And it's so strange now in 2023 to think that what he was doing was so different and was so remarkable, yet it was. And because of his magnetic personality, was so accepted by so many people. It's sad that that's the way it had to be. But what was wonderful is he was always himself. He was out to his coworkers. And he was 
out in a way um, because he never he never changed who he was. He never pretended to have a girlfriend. He didn't play that game, but he was he was always himself. Some of the things that were written about him years ago, you know, he was the sassy one. Some of that coded language, um, but he he let it, he let that innate personality come through even when it was a risk to do so. Considering how much Bobby Rivers loved film, is there a particular film that you think of when you think of him? Maybe one of his favorites? The one that I'm reminded of, especially because this time of year, is um, he's, he wrote so eloquently about It's a Wonderful Life and how it was very much a product of its time. And within that context how it was very progressive and, and spoke to elements of racism. He was so smart and so sharp where he points out the difference between Potterville and Bedford Falls and where black people show up and where they don't. And it was very subtle, but he clocked it and wrote very eloquently about it in his blog online where he shared, you know, so many smart observations. I I'm a better moviegoer because I would read Bobby's stuff. And that was one of the movies that really I gained a much greater appreciation for because of the insights that he shared. The perspective of local performer Joel Kapischke. Next, memories from people in the Milwaukee music scene as we continue to remember Bobby Rivers on WTMJ. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. So folks, sit back. You got a ticket to ride a magical mystery tour with myself, and Paul McCartney. What a singer, what a songwriter, what a face. Yeah, how you doing, Paul? Great. You have the, the, the cutest, uh, that's the, the word, the cutest face. I mean, you have this, this boyish, jovial. I love this fella already. <laughs> you can come back. It's a great, you have such a great boyish, face. Boyish, jovial. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Four kids. Yeah. Mm. I'm boyish, jovial. How are the kids? Wonderful. Great. Thank you, kids. One example of the rapport and often fun that entertainment reporter Bobby Rivers brought to the interviews that he did. You just heard a portion of a chat Rivers had with music legend Paul McCartney. I'm Sandy Max, and in this remembrance of Bobby Rivers, who began his influential career here in Milwaukee, we're sharing stories and memories from those who knew him over the decades. Rivers is known as a film buff and expert, but he made an impression on members of the Milwaukee music scene. Well, I'm Peter Jeff. By own shake hall do alternative concert group. I got into the music business by loving music as you know, 14, 15, 16 year old kid, you know, winning contests on the radio and part of them were the WQFM, but also because I was a Milwaukee Sentinel carrier. Getting up at four in the morning, five in the morning, I got to listen to the morning show people and Bobby Rivers and Paul Kelly were just one of the great morning show teams we've had in Milwaukee. I really enjoyed listening to them. Back in the day, disc jockeys would make extra money doing appearances for advertisers somewhere. I think Shock Electronics was always the big one or something. And I met both of them at some of those. And, you know, I'm a 14-year-old geeky 100-pound kid with braces, and they were both so very nice to me. QFM used to broadcast at Summerfest, even though it was the morning show. They'd hang around, and I met them a few times. I always sort of judge people of how... People famous like that or good jobs or treat just ordinary people. And they sort of took this 14, 15-year-old geeky kid very seriously and, and talked to me and were always very nice to me. Bobby, of course, went on to, to greater things than often New York. 
you know, I followed him a lot on Twitter because, you know, he loved old movies, which I do too. I mean, I just sort of remember him as a great radio disc jockey with Paul Kelly. And, you know, I stay in touch with Paul once in a while on Facebook too. And I just, you know, they were very impressionable on a young person. Another continued connection to the Milwaukee music scene that Bobby Rivers had was with original Violent Femmes drummer Victor DiLorenzo and an experience that could have ended both of their careers. Hello, my name is Victor DiLorenzo, and my first meeting with Bobby Rivers occurred when the folk punk band that I was a part of called Violent Femmes were asked to be part of a new show on Channel 12 in Milwaukee, a television program called More. And Bobby Rivers was the host of More. He invited us to come on to the show and play some music, so we agreed because we would like to be on television, of course, in Milwaukee, in our own hometown. This was early, early on in uh, the Femmes career and also early on in Bobby's career as being a broadcaster on television. So we came in to do this more show. Bobby was just incredible, very gracious, wonderful, warm person that he is and was. And we decided that we were going to play a song called No Killing, which is off one of the Femmes albums. For this particular performance, we decided to talk about the then about-to-retire police chief, Harold Breyer. So we had some commentary, just our opinions, Violent Femmes, talking about Harold Breyer, and some of the rap went like, Harold Breyer, his brain's wet, better throw him in the dryer. Harold Breyer, just like chicken in the fryer. Harold Breyer, we're glad he's going to retire. And while we were singing this section, when we were going out live on the air, I saw Bobby's face melting because he realized what was happening, that we were making this commentary on the, the retiring police chief in Milwaukee. Afterwards, he was a little confused and taken aback by what had just happened. We, of course, were happy that we were able to include our opinions in the course of our music. But Bobby was a little bit broken up by that, and and I'm sorry that, that we did that to Bobby in a way. But afterwards, when I had a chance to talk to Bobby alone, he said, I was so glad that you expressed your opinions and had something to say about this retiring police chief that many people had problems with in Milwaukee at that time because of race relations. So Bobby was very happy that we got that commentary in. Unfortunately, the staff legal department and Channel 12 was not as happy because after the fact, they sent me a letter threatening to sue us because of what we did on television. Luckily, nothing ever happened about that. But it certainly is something that I think as as a member of the community in Milwaukee, I was very proud that we could go on television and, and voice those opinions because up until that point, there really wasn't something that was being said about the reaction that a lot of people had to the police chief at that point in time. Well, Victor, art is that space to have challenging ideas, to create conversation. And I'm glad that Bobby recognized that. And I'm also glad you didn't ruin Bobby Rivers' career by doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, we weren't trying to ruin Bobby's career. I think Bobby never held that against me. In fact, I know he didn't because we became very good friends from that point on. Bobby and I, because of our show business and our actor mentalities and and the fact that we were very interested in movies and television, I think that's what 
what drew us close to one another. What do you think Bobby Rivers should be remembered for? Just being a great, incredible individual who had a knack for interviewing people, getting the best out of them. And also he was uh, an activist for gay rights. It was such a treat and an honor to have known him during his lifetime. And also I wish him a most comfortable journey to the hereafter. More memories of the life and career of Bobby Rivers with WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga and the man who is working with Rivers on a new podcast next on What's on Tap. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. I'm sure a lot of people know you from uh, the Midwest area and that, but tell me a little bit about your career and, and what, you've, uh, what you've done. My career started in Milwaukee, really. My first TV appearance was in Los Angeles when I was in high school, and I was on a game show, a film trivia show called The Movie Game. And at the time, and this was a syndicated show, so my grandparents in New Jersey got to see it. At the time we did the taping in Hollywood, I was the youngest contestant and the first black contestant and the first black winner. And so... And and the point of, of doing the show for me was not to win prizes as I did, but to to really prove to my mom especially that having this interest in classic films and actors and filmmakers was not just adolescent vaporing. I was serious about it. That is an excerpt of the one and only episode of the brand new podcast called Frank Conversations with Bobby Rivers. I'm Sandy Max, honoring the career and kindness of influential entertainment reporter Bobby Rivers, who passed away on December 26th of 2023. Frank Dotzer is the creator of that podcast and just spoke with Bobby Rivers last week. They met at WISN 12 when Rivers' TV career was just beginning and have stayed in touch ever since. He kind of fell away from his career when he started taking care of his sister. And I remember calling him, coming up with the idea to do this video podcast that we only ended up getting one episode in before Bobby's death. But I remember calling him and presenting the the idea to him and how elated he was and how appreciative he was for the fact that I was calling him to say, I want you to be a part of this. He was just like, Frank, thanks so much. for." I'm like, Bobby. You're a great resource. Nobody's tapping you now. With the amount of stories he had and the amount of friends he had and the the amount of knowledge he had about show business and Hollywood and people and backstories on movies, it was amazing. I, I was amazed that nobody else had tapped into him on that. And, you know, he was also, I think, I don't know if people knew, but he uh, was, was writing all the opening and closing synopsis is for the old movies on Turner Classic Movies. You know, when uh, the host would come out and say, hey, the next movie we're going to watch is this, and during this, they shot it here, and it took this long, and this person was a pain in the butt, and this person did a really good job. And Bobby was writing all of those for the hosts. That's really interesting. I feel like, because the host is saying it, you assume that the host wrote it, like Ben Mankiewicz. You're exactly, telling me that right. Bobby Rivers is putting those words together with that depth yeah, of knowledge. Bobby was, yeah, Bobby was writing those intros and the outros to the movies, you know, with the little trivia and things like that. And I know he was very well read, but my gosh, he just he kept up on all this. And when we were starting the podcast, even the first podcast, he could just he could go on and on about stories that he was so interesting and just such a kind person. What is the name of this podcast? 
a frank conversation with Bobby Rivers. The one and only one we did was during the writers and the actor strike. So we talked about that a little bit and then brought on a guest to uh, an actor who was uh, part of the negotiations. And we talked to him about that. The podcast was going to be we were going to grab a movie every week, talk about, you know, the trivia behind it, how it got made, uh, what problems it had, anything that had happened during uh, production. And we just we never got there, I'm afraid, um, which is pretty sad. How wonderful of you to recognize that in Bobby Rivers and to have him express the same thing to you. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to do this. This is completely my Uh, passion. Yeah, I think he was just chomping at the bit. You know, he had all he had all that knowledge and all that trivia, and and he loved to share it. What do you think Bobby Rivers should be remembered for? His kindness. He was such a kind person and such a thoughtful person. And I think that's why the rapport he had with even some of these, you know, movie stars who people probably, you know, have a a large ego, right? Either surrounded by yes men and everybody tells them how great they are in that. But Bobby had a way of breaking through that and getting to know these people. You know, it's amazing. You look at the pictures and here are people who are serious actors and Bobby's hugging them or they got him in a headlock or they're doing, you know, just amazing that he could, you know, his personality could break through kind of that, uh, that veil of uh, Hollywood and, you know, have them feel comfortable enough to do crazy things or say crazy things. That was just Bobby's personality. He was just friendly and, you know, not threatening in any way. He was he was an amazing guy. I'm really going to miss him. Aside from his knowledge and his niceness, Frank, what else do you think Bobby Rivers should be remembered for? Besides being very active for gay rights, he was also a big uh, proponent of, you know, the idea that he was the first black film critic on television. He talked a lot about those kind of firsts and about that fight that he had for equality. His idea of going out there and trying to uh, fight for the rights of everyone, uh, just it it really was uh, one of those characteristics that you don't find common in many, many people. It seems like he really made a difference to people interpersonally, no matter who he worked with, no matter who he was friends with. And like you said, disarmingly charming and incredibly smart and could talk to people about all kinds of things, which made him that unique interviewer. You know, he always had a joke or always had one of the things that I think was uh, that was underrated in, too. He was the king of double entendres. Um, I wish I could think of one right now and I can't, uh, but he'd be on air and he'd say it like a double entendre and you just see like the guest or whoever was going to look like what? And, and it would just, you'd just laugh out loud. He was so good at that. You know, on the spot, this quick thinking, very witty and, uh, and quick, yet not offensive. You know, it was always in fun, tongue in cheek. Yeah. He was a great guy and just such a good sense of humor too. Bobby Rivers' friend and podcast collaborator, Frank Dotzer. Rivers leaves us with a legacy of kindness and inclusion to inspire us in our everyday lives and a thorough body of writings about film on his Bobby Rivers blog website that he started in 2011. We continue our tribute to Bobby Rivers with this memory from WTMJ traffic anchor and reporter, Debbie Lazaga. Every Saturday, he would post his favorite Warner Brothers cartoon, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, etc. And he'd say... Hey, here's your Saturday morning cartoon. Grab your cereal and your milk and have fun. 
He would also randomly put up posts saying, hey, I'm running out to the cafe. Does anybody want anything? And people from all around the world would post, yeah, get me a latte. Oh, if you're going to go here, you know, can you pick up a muffin for me? Things like that. He was just always thinking about other people. Um, And the last thing I remember reading about him was that he was so excited to have his sister home for Christmas because she had had some health issues as well. Turns out he had been suffering from cancer as well. And unfortunately, that's how he ended up passing away. But really good guy. Amazingly accessible. That's what I remember about him. He was super sweet and very kind. Bobby Rivers, we're going to miss you. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. Now seems like a good time to make a resolution to get more culture and creativity into your life by listening to What's on Tap, 6 o'clock weeknights and on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandy Max, and thanks to Bobby Rivers' friends who shared their memories today and are helping his legacy of intelligence and influence inspire others. Thank you for joining me to remember Bobby Rivers. His words wrap up what's on tap on WTMJ. All right, folks, that's all for tonight. As usual, I want you to play safe, be kind, and thank you for the pleasure of your company. I'll see you soon.